Thank you to BQE, the makers of BQE Core, for their support of this episode. BQE Core is the software that makes it easy to manage your projects and people for maximum productivity and ultimate profitability. Learn more at bqe.com. So, Cormac, you got an update for us here on your home situation? Oh, the home search. A quick um, update, Cormac. <laughs> a quick yeah, update. Oh, just, just give me a home. Well, so as you know, they've been traveling back and forth, back and forth, you know, doing the, um, I'm calling them the slingshot weekends. That sounds about right. Kind of a boomerang think, slingshot. Yeah. And so I, I, th- I think that I, the last time I told you that we were, that we have put in an offer, an offer was accepted. So then we were going through the process of all, of all everything. A couple of, uh, you know, things came up that we've been working through. Everything comes up. This is a, this isn't a old, old house, like some of the ones that I've been looking at, but this is a 1941 home. And, okay. you know, so it's going to have its Guess issues what? and things happen. Yeah. And things happen. But because and banks you, want things to be perfect. Am I right? Like this is one of those things where they, it's kind of unwarranted level of perfection that they're looking for because they want a loan again. They want to, they want basically the most risk free version of, of giving a loan to somebody because the house needs to be like in perfect working order. So you have that. So yes. But then you also have the layer of the VA who's even more stringent about that level of perfection. Um, as as well as I don't know if I don't remember the last time I bought a house and it's been a while actually. Um, but <laughs> I don't I, remember the last time I bought a house either. Well, <laughs> but I mean, did did you have what was called a certificate of occupancy? I've done certificate of occupancy no, on no. new construction, but on a home sale, right? But on a the, home that's uh, been around for since 1941, exactly. No less. Wow. But so so the. The city of Gross Point Farms, where, where this house is, just a suburb of Detroit, it does require one. And so there was a bu- whole bunch of issues that it had um, that popped up on it. And, you know, so we were working on getting all of that stuff done. And, and so all of that said, we worked through all of the issues. We loan was happy, you know, or the, the, the lenders were happy, everything was good to go. We you know, got through you know everything that we needed to do with the city and, and so on. And as of this past Friday, we closed. All right. Congrats, man. That's awesome. So, the, so there's your update. That's crazy. You, you guys have the keys update. now. Yeah. So as, as you, you know, as, as you and I've talked in the past, you know, offline texting and all this other stuff, I've actually placed a couple of offers in and one of them, you know, a couple of them fell through just because they just didn't accept it because, you know, cash offers, blah, blah, blah. All that. But then there was one that it looked like it was going to start going through and then it just didn't go through. And, you know, so, and you were just like, you know, you're, you're, you're counting your chickens before they hatch. And, and I was like, Oh, you're right. I mean, silly me. I'm a lions fan. I, I should, I should know that <laughs> it isn't over till the very last second 
because yeah, I've right. I've seen the Lions. I mean, the world has seen the Lions blow a game where they've had a 16 point lead at the, you know, with three minutes left and still end up losing. So, so, you know, you, you brought, yeah, those are the best stories for the other team's fans, right? Exactly. (laughs) It's just like, we were down 16, you know, 16 points and we came back to win. We were like, yeah. The comeback story of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about the other guy. Which right, is right. probably the lions on every one of those stories. <laughs> right. um, but but so yeah, keys in hand. We were we were there this weekend, and now we're back in Maryland. Probably going to be back this coming weekend because then we, oh. you know. So then I realized something. I'm like, wait, we own this house. We got to take care of this house, and I don't want to be. I don't want to be those people that you know, like leave their lawn unmowed for. Oh, geez. Like, least of your worries. Least of your worries at this point. You guys have a long move ahead of you. We've had a long move ahead of us. And, uh, you know, we've we've given ourselves, um, we are recording this, as we are recording this, we are five weeks from the end of June. And so we're, uh, we want to be done by the end of June. I mean, we don't necessarily have to be done with this house where our lease is up at the end of july but we want to be done by the end of june yeah yeah you want to get moving so many things are going on we want to get to our new town we want to get uh we want to make sure that like you know we start setting the daughter up for her new school you know my son is going to be going to college um in northern michigan so we want to get you know make sure that all of that stuff is ready to go so yeah we want to as much as i've it's, I've personally loved, you know, the 14 years here in Maryland. New chapter is ready to get going. And uh, you're ready. Just, you're ready. And we're yeah. ready. We're ready. That's cool, man. I'm excited for you. Well, congrats. That's awesome. I, uh, I was thinking about, you know, the place that you're going to be moving into. I know it's substantially larger than what you have now. <laughs> it's in comparison to the 985 square feet that we are currently in. It is palatial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you're moving into a McMansion or anything, but no, it's yeah, it, it's it. You know, we've we've we're one of these people who we really honestly just. I don't like to live large, in the sense of I don't. We don't need a big house. You know, we just need just enough space. But you know, truth be told, I mean, you have not had enough space for a very long time. Five 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 people in nine hundred eighty five square feet. That's not enough room. Yeah, we are totally. on each other, wow. and and surprised that nobody is either in jail or dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's really cool about that is like now that your boys are old enough to be moving out and going to college and all this stuff, like you guys have have doubled the space or, or whatever the number is, and they're moving out. So it's like it's kind of like you've tripled the space. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Good timing, good timing on that, and and for making it work for so long, that's just an incredible uh, stat, I guess. You know, just a feat of how did you even make that work for so long? That's incredible. It's the stat of sanity. Yeah, yeah, I bet. That's cool, man. So you guys are going to have like a garage. You're going to have you have all oh, these I'm things. So, that, so we, you have know, a- what I say? I say every amount, the amount of space you have is what you fill, right? So. 
you're, you're going to be, I see a lot of new things in your future, <laughs> whether you like it or not. Well, I, I laid the, the hint, big air quotes there. That is like, you know, for Father's Day's birthdays and Christmases, I could use some good word, woodworking tools. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, you've got to justify the, uh, the tool ownage. Like, this is what I go through. How do I justify owning these tools? And it's by using them, right? So you, you have projects a- ahead of you. Part of it, too, is just like it is cheaper to own the tool to do the job if you can do the job yourself and if there's other opportunities that kind of come out of the, you know, just things that you're going to need to be doing. But but the other key is is balancing that so that you don't buy the tools that you're only going to use once. It's like trying to find a way to balance all that. Exactly, because I remember having this conversation with you when you started your deck and all of the different tools that you either didn't have wanted to have or just you know had recently purchased and you know yes the garage is big enough to probably handle plenty of new tools and i'm pretty positive that as long as i can keep i don't know making furniture or building a deck or you know building a pergola outside or all of the above that I'm pretty sure I can make some justifications for tool purchases, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's where uh, these use sites actually come in pretty handy. If you can pick them up at used prices instead of full price. And I will say yeah. this, that I am very excited about really honestly having a maker space because that was one thing that I haven't had here. I mean, we had a carport, we didn't have a garage, we didn't have a place to store tools, we didn't have a place to store, I don't know, say a, a project car or any of those things. But now I actually are am going to have those things and be able to actually do them. And the, the garage is actually pretty sizable. I mean, it's it's you know, it's two cars wide, obviously, you know, as I've said it like 15 times now, but it's also a pretty deep, you know, so it looks like you can pull like a full size, I don't know, maybe your, um, your Tundra in there and still have space in front of it. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed with those. Oh my goodness. The, so one of the dings that I did get hit on from the city on the, uh, certificate of occupancy is that the paint was, is chipping off of the garage doors. And so I need to scrape them and repaint them. And so when I, you know, was there this past weekend and really looking at, okay, what do, what do they mean by this? And, you know, cause this is the first time I've been able to like really get to see this. In fact, actually it's the first time I've seen the house. My wife's seen it multiple times before we made our offer. And, and I started looking at it, but the doors are solid wood. They're oh, heavy, wow. solid wood doors. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just looking for I'm, that right there alone justifies the um, the the need for a belt sander and you know a few other <laughs> things for me to like you know oh, refinish man. these doors. That's interesting to think about it that way because like yeah nowadays you know if you were to replace those some crappy roll up metal non insulated you know it's like you think about the way things used to be built it's just so different than the off the shelf kind of, you know, style things that we, we replace things with now are, you know, when we talked about like Franklin Wright houses and places like that, and we talked about like, you know, this kind of like feeling in architecture that's just kind of associated with sound. And, and you know this, but going into like old buildings and specifically now my, my new old house in the smell of yeah right old construction, 
It's not yeah. old, you know, not like, oh, this smells old. No, it's just old construction. It's like, I can still smell the wood, you know, the, the, all of the exposed wood that's in this, um, in this garage, you smell it and you're just like, this smells like solid construction. Yeah, I know. Like I go up in the attic and totally know what you mean. Like there's a lot of wood in my house that is redwood, original redwood studs. and Yeah. Yeah. From the forties. So, and you just had to think like, why did they decide to do it that way? And I can only imagine that it was cheaper, you know, and, and I can't imagine that in the context of today, but, uh, in, very interesting, you know, that the studs are bigger than they used to be. They're, they're actually like two by fours, right? And they don't have rounded corners. They're, they're just like rough cut two by fours. Yeah. Interesting to think about. Well, you said something earlier about spaces to make, right? Like, I think that that's really interesting. Like you're, you are going to have, you, you have to have a place that you can lay stuff out and move things around. Like I can only imagine the kind of projects that are ahead of you in your future. But I, I recently cleaned out my garage and <laughs> because that, you know, any horizontal surface in a house gets used as storage, right? Like that's one of the rules of homeownership is that that's how it works. And I was just thinking about how, like, I have this welding table. It's a four by eight steel rimmed. It's got a two by three piece of tube steel around the outside with an inset piece of uh, three quarter inch plywood. And it's so that I can clamp stuff to the edges and weld them. And I can clamp my welder to the table and it becomes kind of the circuit for welding and all this stuff. And that just, that table gets piled crap on, you know, for months at a time. And then I'll go through it and, and we'll take all the stuff off and clean out the garage and create a place. And, and naturally, of course, I have to immediately make something, right? So as soon as you clean it off, it's like, oh, I have a place to make stuff again. And I was just thinking about that in kind of the context of what we do as creative people in architecture and thinking about, right, we've got there's so many different variations of that idea of places to make. For some people, it's their sketchbook. You know, I'm like, my sketchbook is right here. I've got my fountain pen. I'm, I'm looking at a drawing that I, a detailed drawing that I did right there. And for some pl- people, that's a computer, right? Sometimes it's, it's Bluebeam or it's SketchUp or it's Rhino or it's Revit or, you know, I don't know. It could even be Microsoft Word, right? Like, there's all kinds of places to make things on the computer. But like an actual space to make physical objects is such, for me, it's such an important part of who I am. And for, for you, I'm excited that you have that now, because like you said, you only had a carport before or a basement and a base. It's hard to build stuff in a basement, right? So I'm, I'm really excited for you. When I had those spaces in the past and before we moved from Florida, where I had a detached garage, um, which was awesome because it had the it didn't have the overhead rolling doors it actually had the side rolling doors have you ever seen those mm-hmm. oh, no i haven't anyway. oh that was it was it was this it was like a true carriage house okay um, and, i've and seen so, like but, sliding barn doors obviously but not slot not well, side well, rolling doors yeah there were side rolling doors which was just amazing and, and if i can I don't know. Every, everybody looked up. It, it, they're, they're just, they're, they're truly amazing, but the true solid wood and stuff. So it was just, it was just some really amazing stuff. But, but I was, I'm so excited about the, the fact that I'm going to be able to do the things that I sadly haven't been able to do for quite some time. Um, and kind of like in, in like you, 
I mean, I remember in the lean years, um, you know, right as I, after I graduated college and I was, um, you know, didn't have a lot of money saved up, but you know, here it's Christmas time and everything else. I did have the opportunity and I made furniture. And so I made people furniture. I, I remember this really nice, um, and I don't know if it's still in existence or not. I haven't really asked, but I probably should maybe someday. Um, but I made my, my nephews, these drafting tables or drawing tables. And, and so, but I mean, you know, they were just, it, it was more of an arts and crafts style, um, uh, drawing table, but it was just, it was something that I know that they got tons of use anytime I would go over there, you know, and it was intended for them to like draw on because I mean, they're, they're boys and they're little kids and little kids love to like, you know, draw on the tables and stuff. And so that was totally intended to do that, but also just be, you know, something that they could do things on and and so I miss doing things like that. And, and I sit and I, I, I watch things like this old house or this new show on discovery plus called the craftsman, which I'm telling everybody. Oh right now, yeah. You've told me about check that. This out. It's this, this guy from Eureka, California. It's just exceptional. Um, you, everyone will understand when you watch it. If you watch it, you will understand what I mean by it is just it touches your heart, like just the, the the craftsman in every one of us. You can see just with this guy, and and so you know, I I sit there and I live kind of like vicariously through them, just think you know, just chomping at the bit. And now I'm now I'm back. I'm not back at the stage where I'll be able to start cranking some of this stuff out because, as as we both know, I got to. I was going through all of my old tools. And I'm like, okay. Like just like rattling off the few things that I had, I was going, okay, I've got a you know, bell sander, I've got a palm sander, I've got, you know, a rotary sander. I've got things that can finish like house stuff, but I don't have actually things to build house stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, those so, are different things. Yeah, for sure. Oh, totally. Totally. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. really, I am really excited about the, the makerspace aspect of just homeownership and and i know that you know we've got so many of our friends who have like undertaken like you uh a lot of these big massive home projects i mean oh I yeah read, like laura off, right laura laura t garden yeah exactly you know mark page mm-hmm. with you know his, his beautiful house in new york before he sold it and his beautiful house down in the carolinas now you know it's just these these things that it's just kind of innate in us that you know we you know, yes, we love to draw, but I think there's a creator in every single architect. And to be able to have a space to be able to do that. Let's take a quick break to share more about our sponsors. Systems and standard operating procedures. You already know that's how to build a profitable business and find the freedom you want. You need systems and procedures. But you struggle with choosing the systems you need most and how to implement those systems quickly so you can get back to doing what you love most. The Designing Your Business Masterclass series was created by an acclaimed architect and business consultant, Douglas Teeger, FAIA, to help fellow architects and engineers run their firms more profitably while maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Douglas grew from a solo practitioner to become managing partner of his 30-plus person firm and then later sold his firm so he can do what he does today, helping architects be more successful at Tiger Consulting. 
On the third Wednesday of every month, Douglas dives deep into an essential topic that will strengthen the profitability of your firm and make it sustainable for growth in the years to come. Register now for the Designing Your Business Masterclass with Douglas Teeger at bqe.com slash masterclass and start implementing powerful systems for the profitability you need and the freedom you want. Every live masterclass session includes AIA continuing education credit. And when you visit bqe.com slash masterclass, you'll have access to the full library of past sessions on demand. The Designing Your Business Masterclass is free and it's brought to you by our friends at BQE, the makers of BQE Core, the software that makes it easy to manage your projects and people for maximum productivity and ultimate profitability. Register now for the next Designing Your Business Masterclass at bqe.com slash masterclass. That's bqe.com slash masterclass. And now let's get back to our conversation. It's interesting to see how that's kind of changed because now even for some people that space, that place to make is the computer. We're seeing a ton of architects branch off into the metaverse kind of stuff, making NFTs. And, and, and what's interesting to me about that is like for a lot of people like us in our era, let's just say it the nice way or with our gray hair is is like we it was a pencil and it was a paper piece of paper and and nowadays like that we're beyond that being the computer to just draw lines we're now seeing people think and sketch in code on a computer and i think for a lot of older architects that is kind of a mind-blowing concept right is to think of somebody writing code being considered a sketch to that person and I think that's that's pretty amazing to think about how people can create tools on the computer instead of just using tools, but actually create those tools using code, using visual programming and Rhino and Dynamo to actually then make other things with that they could reuse in the future, right? So it really is a tool in like that that sense of the word where it's like, I'm going to use it now and I could use it again in two years or I could use it again in two weeks. And, and that those become tools for what we do for creativity, for thought, for, for things like that. I think that's really, really interesting, but for, yeah. And and I agree with you. Like, I don't know if everybody is, has that need to create uh, as far as like physical objects go, but I do think that there is that need to create and, and, formalize things that were just ideas into something else. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe you're right. I mean, maybe it's not, you know, creating a physical thing, but creating nonetheless. I mean, because, because we are, you know, like the profession itself is moving, you know, <laughs> moved to the digital world. Although, you know, it's, what's interesting is to, uh, a small counterpoint to what you just said. We, uh, our office, you know, because we've got multiple offices and, and obviously right now with everybody still working from home, we're spread out all over the place. So we had this, um, uh, collaboration day. It was all, you know, it was mostly all, um, virtual and I, I got into numerous breakout rooms during, throughout the day, you know, chatting with, you know, people that I know, people that I've never met before, um, you know, it's just amazing how many people have, have joined the firm since we've been in 
in work from home mode that, you know, there's just so many people. It's just like, you know, almost like, who is that? You know, like oh, every meeting, it's just like, uh, who's this? Um, but I was, ta- I was talking, <laughs> uh, I've never to- seen you before. Please, please post <laughs> yeah. your roll call. Yeah. It's just like, hi, how are you? Who are you? But one of the interesting things was, is that, you know, I was on a group where it was me, another, let's just call it old codge of the profession. And then a, bun- <laughs> and a bunch of young people in the young people. And so it was just, they were taught, we were talking about where do you see the firm going? Where do you see the, both the firm and the, the profession in the next five years? And, and whereas I was excited about talking about the next phase of like the, the digital process and talking about like, you know, the, the collaboration tools and the freedom that it's going to be able to provide and all of this other stuff. Every single one of the junior staff, the new people, like fresh out of school um, folks, they honestly were talking about and lamenting over the fact that they miss or have never really truly developed their hand sketching skills and wish that that would come back. What? It, it I was am so, so surprised to hear that. I was too. I totally was too, because here I was just, I was excited because I thought I was going to be connecting with them because I was talking more of like, what I thought their language was, which was this, this shift, this move, this dynamic of, you know, the digital age, like our digital age in the profession. And, you know, this, this evolution of, you know, where we're at of like, you know, the digital process, creating 2d drawings to this digital process, you know, really creating like this, this model-based delivery that you and I've talked about on so many different occasions. And I was so excited to engage into this conversation and they wanted to talk about hand sketching skills. I'm like, I know all about this, but are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's interesting to me is like, I, th- I would think that as soon as they did see you do what you do, it would further cement that path of, or that, you know, let's suss out this idea because you're so good at it, right? Like it, it would be one of those things where it's like, you would be an amazing mentor for that. And that is so interesting that that was brought up as a topic. I'm, I'm actually like floored by that. Super surprised. I, I was too. Now, I mean, I, if that's what they want, I mean, put me in a room with them and give me some, you know, some paper and we'll go to town. Cause right. I mean, right. You know, I can, yeah, I can sketch with the best of, and, mm-hmm. and I can think through a design and the sections and, everything one of the the beauties of hand sketching that we know and that i think newer generations don't know is just how fast you can explore ideas and i i'm totally i'm totally just like throwing a dart at the wall there i don't know if people know that or not but i kind of assume that they don't so so the girl who brought it up and you know was really talking about this lament that she's never been able to develop or wants to develop the, you know, the sketching skills was really to, she was very much talking about the ease at which you can explore multiple ideas of thought, sit in a room with say a client and be able to communicate faster than hold on a minute. Let me, you know, pull up this model. Wait, hold up. Right. But, 15 more minutes. Hold on. Re- Re- Revit's opening. Hold on. 
Well, there's that part, but there's also just like the accuracy, the accuracy argument, which is like it forces you to think in terms of accuracy. And by accuracy, I don't mean like Nat's ass accuracy, right? But I do mean like, like it's very difficult to not draw with that in mind. Whereas sketching, you actually have to put a lot of thought into making things to scale. And and it actually takes a lot of discipline and, I don't know, just skills to get to the point where you can sketch to scale roughly, right? Not even accurately, but roughly. And and I think, like, it is a, just a totally different mindset and, and approach. Whereas when you're in the computer, especially a tool like SketchUp or Revit, where you are drawing to scale and you start copying lines and moving lines and you're always typing in a number. You're never just like grabbing something and moving it around and making it look loose. And I think that that is, is one of the reasons why people are, so, I don't know, it's, it's kind of disconnected from the idea of sketching at all to me. True sketching. Did I ever tell you this story of um, when I was working on the Duke School of Nursing project and everything was under construction and we go into this room, and it, this is the executive conference room. And you walk in there, and they had mounted. So because it was the executive conference room, and it was kind of like bounded, it was in the center of the space, and it was bounded by a bunch of offices and everything else. But we had a bunch of clear story up high to try to pull, you know, pull in natural light because it was kind of in the center of the space. Anyway, because of the type of windows that we had and where they were, they 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 put them in there, but what happened was is that they when they mounted them in, they mounted them in not using the dimensions that you know we had we had they had submitted an RFI and said oh the, you know these are different height um, uh, windows than the ones that you know you had you know originally done, and so we had given them new drawings and stuff like that. Well, the the CM had the drawings and distributed them, but the actual trades that were putting them in didn't have them on hand. So they just put them in based off of the actual working drawings. So the working drawings were there. So again, these are STC 55 windows. So, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're like big beefy suckers. Right. And, and so we were like, Oh crap, but we've got wood panels. You know, they've, they've come in and they've measured all of these wood panels that are going to go in between the floor is kind of like this, this wainscoting that's going all the way around and everything else. And so basically nothing was going to align. And I'm like, Oh no, you know, this is, this is the executive conference. I mean, this is where the Dean of the school is going to be um, on. (laughs) We uh, expect uh, alignment at this level. Well, I mean, we expect it to look, you know, I just really don't want it to look half-assed. And so here I am. And so I start, you know, like, okay, wait, I think I've got some ideas. And I start sketching, you know, kind of like some you know, built-up molding and all of this other stuff that aligns with the doors on either side, aligns with the windows. And it basically kind of encapsulates the windows into this wainscoting. So it takes the belt line from below the windows to above the windows. And it it, it ended up looking... I think it actually looked really nice, but I sat, I sat there and I sketched it all out on the wall right next to where we were going to do this installation. And they're just watching me and they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, we were talking about all the different like sizes of, of wood that we needed to put together for all of this. And so after I finished sketching it up, 
The guy's looking at it. He's just like, he pulls out his tape measure. He's like, you drew this to perfect scale. I'm like, yeah. I mean, we were talking about, you know, <laughs> this size wood and all this other stuff. And, you know, why would I not? He's like, I'm just going to take a picture of this. He's like, can you note it up a little bit? So I noted it up. He's like, I'm just going to take a picture of this and I'm going to submit this as a confirming RFI. Like, perfect. Let's do that. And that was it. It was just like, I sketched on the wall to scale. Pretty, pretty damn perfect. If I do say so myself, but but it was just like, it was just like, yeah, you know, that felt good. I bet. What's interesting to me is I've seen, I've also heard of the opposite with like uh, building departments in, in local, you know, city jurisdictions where somebody will do a sketch like that, that totally conveys the idea. And it's close enough to scale, right? To get something through plan check or to answer some inspector's question for an RFI or whatever. And nope, I need you to draw that up in CAD. Are you kidding me? Like what what world is this where you can't just convey the idea and get the appropriate amount of information across without spending all of the time required to go in and, you know, quote unquote CAD it up? It's it's just BS, man, when it comes to stuff like that. It's it's amazing to me how even the building departments have now set this expectation that it's not real if it's not in CAD or BIM or whatever. And it's like are you kidding me? How long have we been in this profession? How long has this been around? And how many different versions of this have we been through that are all totally fine and acceptable? Which is why my work um, sketchbooks are all dot grid. Because, you know, I'm gonna, if I'm going to like sketch something up in my, you know, in my book and commit it to like, you know, the pages of my book and stuff, I'm going to do it to scale. And if I need a little, you know, prompt by, you know, okay, you know, four of these dots, that's, you know, that's one inch. And, you know, so, you know, here's a quarter inch per, per, or whatever you're able to do that. And I literally could take that and submit that to anybody and have them build that because it's to scale. And uh, just, you, 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 it's so funny that you say that because I've had that happen on numerous occasions where some people will say, oh yeah, just, you know, a hand sketch will be fine. But then you submit a hand sketch and they're like, well, what is this? It's a hand sketch. They're like, oh no, I just meant a CAD drawing on an eight and a half by eleven. They're like, that, that's not a hand sketch. That's a right. CAD drawing on an eight and a half oh, by eleven. My God. Not a hand sketch. I was like, I was like, but here, look, here's the here's the CAD, here's the hand sketch. Please tell me what the difference is, other than you know, one in my own personal opinion looks better than the other one. Right. It is interesting. So what are you guys planning to do with this new idea of uh, pursuing, you know, hand sketching as a, as a, I don't know, a craft, a uh, communication style? Like, where, where do you think that that's going to go? Well, so the first thing that I want to do is I want to actually, so we've got the inner, inner office communication called the square and everybody, you know, writes these square posts and stuff. And so I've been crafting a square post talking about, um, you know, kind of like what we had discussed because I don't want to let it go because if there are people who are really interested in learning this and developing this craft and, and honing it, there are so many gifted architects in our office that are master hand sketchers that I, I, I feel like this is something that we can definitely do as just a, a 
bonding exercise, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I think it's something that professional development. I would label it under that professional development. <laughs> I mean, when we finally started going back to the office and the the frustration of like this particular project that I'm on, you know, being a an international project, a lot of new people in the firm who don't really know the expectations of ASG, but then, um, you know, are just either new or whatever. And so when we finally got into the office and we're sitting here and it's just like, can I just have like a half a day of your time? And that's them asking me, can I have a half a day of your time just to go through all these different issues? And so I'm like, sure. And so I'm sitting next to them um, and they're clicking through on in Revit, all of the different ideas and stuff. You know, it's just like, look, I need to figure out this. So I pull out Trace, my big fat marker, and I'm, you know, going through and I'm drawing things out and I'm doing everything. And they're talking back and forth over the paper, not over the screen, but over the paper. And we're developing ideas and working through ideas and saying, no, that, that doesn't work. Let's go on to the next one. And getting it to the point where we both felt comfortable with it. And then basically just, I walked away with it, you know, well, I walked away from the desk when they had a big stack of paper of ideas that we worked out together that were exactly what you said. It was just, a, we iterated so many different ways, all these different ideas that we had to solve some of these complex issues. But it was also a way for me to kind of like talk about, and I love using trace as a way of like layering, you know, like mm -hmm, all of these sure. different conversations together and talk about like some of the issues that we run into. If you're just drawing this, well, what else is there that's in the way to make that line actually work in real practice? And so, you know, to where, you know, to your point is like, I don't want to let this, this go. Um, I want to basically put it out into the ether to, you know, the entire office and say, look, I mean, if there are people out there that really want to do this, there are many mentor, you know, many mentoring professional development type opportunities for us to just sit around and talk through this. And whether it's, you know, shredding a project or, you know, just sitting down one in one and kind of like, you know, talking, talking through ideas and stuff, but doing it graphically. I don't want to let that go. I want to make sure that this is an opportunity for the office to, um, to do that. Yeah. I mean, that sounds amazing. That would be really cool to track over time. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of see what happens with it. All right, man. Well, uh, I think that sounds like a great place to stop. Let's, let's pick up this conversation again next time, next episode. Hold, hold on a minute. Revit's okay. almost open. <laughs> oh man you got me where was it <laughs> oh that was good thank you to bqe the makers of bqe core for their support of this podcast episode visit bqe.com slash masterclass to register for the next designing your business masterclass Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon. <laughs>